Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is Only Human from WNYC. I'm Mary Harris, and it's day two of Listen Up, Only Human's quest to make you a better listener. So Paige Cowitz here. She's part of the Only Human team, and she's in charge of today's challenge. Yes, and today is Body Language Day. Okay, so how much does body language have to do with listening? A ton. So the people who study this stuff say that something like half of communication is body language. So if you're missing body language, you're missing a lot. You know, I'm thinking about how yesterday's challenge was all about talking face-to-face, but how much of the time when I'm talking to someone in person am I texting or emailing or looking at my phone? Yeah, so I wanted to talk to someone who's an expert student of body language, an actor. Uh, So I got in touch with a cast member in Hamilton, the hottest show on Broadway. Yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with this show. It's (laughs) the hip-hop musical about founding father Alexander Hamilton. I've seen it once. President Obama's been like a couple times. I haven't seen it at all, but I did get to hang out with the guy who plays two really different roles, James Madison and the spy Hercules Mulligan. His name is Akidiate Anaudwan. People call him Oak. Here he is in the show, and beware he curses in this song. That's right, Hercules Mulligan! Tell a spine on the British government, I take the measurements, information, and then I smuggle it. Huh? To my brother's revolutionary covenant, I'm running with the sons of liberty, and I am loving it. See, that's what happens when you up against the Ruffians. We in the shit now, somebody's got to shovel it. So a couple of weeks ago before a Friday night performance, I took a walk with him from the subway to the theater. Uh, Because this is how he studies body movements for his characters. He imitates people walking down the street. Like there was a guy that kind of had a pot belly and kind of businessy looking dude. But it kind of led with his belly, which causes him to kind of have a downward motion as he walks. So if someone's walk kind of grabs him, he just mimics it. Uh, So when we see this pot belly guy, oh transforms his body. So he's leading with his stomach, his shoulders are back and down. And the point is to feel how that person must be feeling, like what it would be like to be them. So what does it feel like to be that guy? I'm slightly agitated. Like there's a guy who's like taking his time with his Whole Foods bag and I kind of want to be like, get out of my way. Oak walks like that guy for a couple of blocks. And then we see this woman. She's walking alone. She's a little overweight, blondish, middle-aged. She has a big purse. Right, what about her? What about her? She's in, she's in a hurry. It's kind of a shuffle. Totally a shuffle. Yeah, and her upper body's kind of all over the place. Yeah, it is. So what does that indicate to you? It seems like she's constantly fighting her body. It doesn't seem like a fluidity in the way she walks. I would imagine her somewhat out of breath, just by how disjointed everything is, what it's doing to my breathing. All of these details, how we hold our shoulders, how our feet hit the ground, how we hold our heads... Oak studies and imitates all of that because how we move indicates so much about who we are and how we feel at any given moment. So we made it to the theater. We walked in the stage door. We climbed a bunch of stairs up to his dressing room. And it's an hour and a half before the curtain goes up. And I wanted to know, how does he transform his body into two very different characters, James Madison and Hercules Mulligan? Which character do you play first? Uh, Hercules Mulligan. And so what's your first move? I come out kind of screaming. (laughs) 
He screams Showtime, and that's his first introduction. It's just like, Showtime! And it's just high energy, high energy, high energy. So Hercules Mulligan is this gregarious extrovert, but James Madison is this brilliant, bookish, but sickly guy. So they're totally different. So when we made it up the stairs to Oak's dressing room, I asked him how he decided to play each of them. Madison stands more or less like this. So he stands one foot in front of the other, one hand behind his back. Always one hand behind his back. His chest is up and out. His head is aligned. He was only 100 pounds. He was very fragile. So he couldn't really physically interact with people because of his health. And he wrote and read so much. He was a very brilliant mind. So everything was in his head, just constantly absorbing information. And the best way is to hear what someone's saying. Yeah, so you put your, you put your ear forward mm-hmm. instead of your eyes or your chest mm-hmm. or your chin or anything else. And man, then Mulligan has, his, has a big coat on. And he's, it's closer to how I stand. Um, but there's always like a slight bop, almost like a fighter. Being a total pro at reading body language is something Oak has to do for his job. But I wonder, just as a person, does it help him understand people better? He says it does. Like for me, I just feel like it's, it's just so important because not everyone can articulate themselves. Not everyone can really say what they're feeling He feels like he can read them, and that helps him empathize. All right. So first of all, really cool that you got to go backstage at Hamilton. Yeah, it was super fun. So what he was just saying there, though, about being more empathetic, looking past what people are saying to what their bodies are telling you, it leads us to today's challenge, right? Yeah. So I talked to somebody who thinks about this a lot and trains actors in how to understand body language. She's Faye Simpson, and she teaches movement at the NYU Graduate Acting Program. And I asked her what exactly we're understanding when we understand body language. When you understand body language, you understand the intention of someone, what they want from you. And when you understand your own body language, what does that get you? When you understand your own body language, you can be in control of the message you're putting out. You can be in control of your intention. Okay, so what does she have her actors do to get good at this? Well, there are exercises, uh, and she did one with me. It was a mirroring exercise, and she thought it would be good for anyone, not just actors. Okay, so mirroring, you mean like one person imitating another? Well, it's not really imitation, exactly. She talks about it more like dropping into the same tempo as somebody else. So you're trying to see and reflect their emotional state. Hold it. So you did this with her? Yeah. So we stood up and we faced one another and she started with a smile on her face. So then I had a smile on my face and then my smile made her start moving her head and her shoulders back and forth. And then I was kind of moving my lower body back and forth. And then if we kept going with this, because everything moved. Yeah. Now, now we're getting your face a little, is getting a little more aggressive. Com- yeah. Now we're sort of getting combat- combative mm-hmm. because that's what happens when the body moves One thing leads to another. Okay, what is going on here? Yeah, so our smiles kind of turned into us like dancing a little bit. And then we were there like marching in place in front of one another. It just evolved. What did it feel like? Well, at first it felt a little bit silly. But then it (laughs) felt kind of intense because you're paying attention to someone really closely. And I actually heard that when actors do this in class, they sometimes end up in a puddle of tears. (laughs) And it, it makes you realize how rarely we're really paying attention to someone so closely in real life. And that's Faye Simpson's point in doing this mirroring exercise to like shed all that noise in your head that makes us bad at listening and reading body language in the first place. When you take away judgment, you take away, I'm not trying to do anything to you. I'm not trying to get anything from you or sleep with you or get money from you. I'm just being you. Then there's a a level of 
intimacy that is very informative. And she says that makes you a better listener. So is this exercise our challenge for today? Yes, exactly it is. So what we want you to do is pick a partner, a friend, a coworker, a kid, do the exercise. And it only takes a few minutes. And what you do is you stand face to face and you reflect each other's faces back at each other. So somebody starts with a smile or a frown. The other person reflects that smile or frown back at the other person. And maybe that turns into dancing. Maybe that turns into arms crossed. Maybe that turns into tears. And just let it evolve. Uh, keep going for a few minutes and see what happens. And when you're done, go to onlyhuman.org slash listen up. You can see a video of Paige and me doing this there. And you can tell us what it was like for you. Did you get past the awkwardness of mirroring each other? Maybe you felt closer to the other person. We'll be back tomorrow for day three of our listening week, which is all about empathetic listening and the power of silence. We'll talk to Kenneth Feinberg. He oversaw the distribution of funds to victims after 9-11. And he's had to have more heartbreaking conversations than you can imagine. I'm Mary Harris. Talk to you tomorrow. Support for WNYC's health coverage and Only Human is provided by the Torina Endowment Fund, the Hearst Foundations, Jane and Gerald Catcher, the Iris and Junming Lee Foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the Simons Foundation, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, and the Winston Foundation. 